Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Saquon Barkley, will he be ready to go for the start of the season for training camp? Any of it, he says, we'll see. That's all we got from Saquon Barkley. We'll see. Leaving it open-ended. But here's what we know. The starting training camp fastly approaching because this week, Cowboys and Steelers report next week, the rest of the NFL is going to hit the ground running. NFL season is coming. It's coming really quick. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. My name is Shay Cornette. He's Bart Scott. We're hanging Shake out. Shake and bake! Calling us. I can't do it. Like, I wish I was. Shake and bake! Mm-hmm. I can't do- Say it with your chest. I can't do it. Shake and bake. I have to, like, shake, shake my arms and, and legs like an infant <laughs> to try and, like, get Shout it out. Shout out Kevin Hart. You know what that meant. I can't do it the same way you can. Uh, but anyways, uh, we're holding it down for the guys this morning, getting ready for the NBA Finals are tonight. Yeah. Bucks and Suns. Game six in Milwaukee. Who are you taking? I'm taking Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks. They're battle tested and they're tough to, to beat close at it home. Out tonight. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's always tough, to, especially to close the team out. I think the Suns have never been there. I think that Giannis, his legacy is forever changed, right? Because he was the guy that couldn't get it done, and we didn't think the moves that they made was going to get done because of the super team in Brooklyn. And if they can win this championship, if everything that they've done, they're going to have a grace period, a honeymoon period for the next fifty years again. Next, I don't know about 50. Maybe or like five. five um, I've said Bucks and seven since the beginning, so I'm going to stay there, even though I want to say tonight they're going to close it out, but i got to kind of stay with you know, where I went originally. And the same so thing Bucks make you laugh, seven. make you cry, right? So yeah. the sun's got that fa- – and i got sun's orange on. I don't know what the hell I'm doing today. But, you know, <laughs> you, you remember you, famously that fan got in a fight in the stands, he, and it, after he beat the guy, he was like, sun's in four, right? And everybody wanted to meet him. See, the same thing make you laugh, it make you cry. It was actually like, sun's in four. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, so, like, the same thing. Like, when you have, like, those type, those type of, like, like, memes or those type of, like, gifs or whatever you want to say, they come back to bite you in the butt because, oh, I had can't wait. I missed a tackle. They're like, oh, can't wait, can't tackle. <laughs> it always comes back to get you. It does come back to the get you. The haters always go hate. Uh, let's go <laughs> Let's go back uh, to football because we can't wait for uh, the start of the NFL season. Um, the latest Adam Schefter podcast is an interesting one. He sits down with Tom Brady's personal trainer, Alex Guerrero, and he had some interesting information, insight perhaps, on Tom Brady's future. Let's take a listen to Alex Guerrero, Tom Brady's personal trainer. Again, this is on the Adam Schefter podcast. Take a listen. So you think he's playing this year and next year at a minimum. Yes. Yeah. And you said that unequivocally without hesitation. Um, I know from my perspective that I want to, I want to honor my promise to him and helping him with his goal. If his goal changes, no problem. If he, you know, if he says, Hey, you know, I think I'm going to call it a day, then great. No problem. I would 100% support that. Um, but you know, in my mind is I'm trying to prepare him to be able to do that. Like, I can't think about this, like this year, I thought about this year, two years ago, like I, I try to keep his body, you know, three years ahead of where we're going to be. I'm trying to, so I'm thinking about not just next year, but I'm thinking about, well, what if they, you know, feel so good at 45, he wants to play 46. I don't know. So I better plan. All right. Well, that, that's a good trainer. He's planning ahead. And yeah. can he be my trainer? He's planning like into his <laughs> late forties. Like my goodness. And so he says that he believes in his mind. And again, he, he's planning ahead because he is Tom Brady's trainer and that's yeah. what he has to do. But he believes he's going to play this season and next season for sure. Unequivocally saying yes. I mean, this doesn't surprise me in any right. sense of the imagination. No. However, I think after every year, like, look, there was even the question mark after the Bucks won the Super Bowl this year. Like, could Tom Brady now ride off into the sunset? Like right. he won a chip. He did it somewhere else other than New England like there's always that possibility but uh Adam Guerrero saying no yeah because listen athletes like Tom Brady are Alex Guerrero like you know 
athletes like Tom Brady are extremely motivated by their words, right? And they set these long-term goals. They have their, their present goals. But when he said that he wanted to play to 45, we all laughed at him. And we know that maybe Tom Brady internalized that and said, you know what, I'm going to show you, right? Because there's nothing else for him to prove. But he wants to say, hey, I wanted to come to the Bucks. And I wanted to change their, their, their organization around who, who had won a championship. But what has been the laughing stock of the, of the NFL most of their existence. And, like, he's going to set them up. He didn't just want to get them one. He wanted to get them two to kind of validate the fact that they went out and got them. Like, you didn't want to just come and, and have them go from the highs of highs and then bounce. And then now they're right back to where they started, trying to figure out who's going to be the quarterback of the future. Like, so I think he's preparing them. And they prepared in the draft by trying to get somebody they believe with Kyle Trask, I believe, mm-hmm. you know, getting somebody that they feel that can be the heir apparent, you know, under Tom Brady. But what he's doing, I mean, it's, it's a tremendous feat. But we've seen it in other sports. I'm comparing what Tom Brady is doing to what we saw Bernard Hopkins do, right? Because we know Bernard Hopkins was one of the first to say, hey, drink water. You know, he was tremendously disciplined in his diet. And he was a guy that was singularly focused, much like, you know, Tom Brady. You know, so I'm impressed with what Tom is doing. I think he's raising the bar for the football players, much like at first um, George Foreman raised for, for boxers. And then Bernard Hopkins at 48-49, winning a, a relevant title, I think, from Gene Pascal, like pushed it to a whole nother level in a sport where you have to expose yourself physically a lot more. But as long as he has a great offensive line, uh, array of weapons, he can be protected in the eye of the hurricane. Tom Brady is interesting. Like, we heard him this offseason talking about essentially pushing for the NFLPA. Like, we don't need to return to camp, and we don't need <laughs> to have these OTAs, and we don't need to be, like, in yeah. these rigorous offseason workouts. Say. Right, but I, what I will – right, easy for him to say when he's not at the bottom of the roster. But, however, I will say this about Tom Brady. That's not necessarily true, and you would know this better than I, obviously, for every football player. Like, when he shows up to camp, he shows up more than ready. When right. he shows up for the season, more than ready. This guy puts himself and his body through workouts and through regimes and through – eating techniques that like I can't even comprehend and so he's different than a lot of people in terms of the way he prepares himself like he doesn't take plays off in the offseason right to to rest and recover sure maybe he has some avocado tequila and goes on vacation (laughs) with his wife and whatever but like this is a guy who always is prepared clearly as Alex Guerrero his his trainer is saying a year or two ahead uh, no, a lot of people aren't wired that way. Yeah, well, well, let me let me say, tell everybody out there listening about you know the elite athletes, not the guys that just like don't really care, not professionals. Most of the guys get in better shape when they're with their trainers. Opposed, you get, I, every time I came and reported to 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 to, to the team and, and did their workouts, I got in worse shape. Right, because when you're with your trainer, you're doing something that is specific to your body, your body chemistry, and what you are deficient in. When you go and you work out with a group. The, 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 the strength coach has to make a plan that's good for everybody. Right. So you can't get the peak optimum level. That's why the most important time for an athlete to get ready for camp and get ready for the rigors of the season is the six weeks in between the last OTA and the six weeks that you have with your trainer to get ready to try and build as much uh, muscled as you can because as soon as you come to camp, it's, the day you come to camp is the healthiest day of the season. Everything is about how much can you handle, how much can you tolerate, and can you, ha- can you win the battle of attrition. So that's why Tom Brady loves being with his trainer and saying, I don't need to be away. Now, where most people struggle with, if, if you're in a new system, you, you don't have the football acumen, then you can't use all those muscles and speed training that you've done because you can't think the game. And if you're thinking out there, you're not reacting, then you're not able to be as quick or fast as you Right, so it's harder on the rookies, right? That's essentially what you're saying. And, again, you can catch that entire uh, podcast 
podcast. It's the Adam Schefter podcast. It's the latest one. It's with Tom Brady's trainer, Alex Guerrero. So check it out right now. Speaking of Adam Schefter, we have a little bit of breaking news here. Um, Talking about the Packers reporting to camp next week, Adam Schefter says this. This offseason, the Packers did offer Aaron Rodgers a two-year contract extension. That would have tied him to Green Bay for five more seasons and made him the highest quarterback that was paid and the highest player paid in all of football. Rodgers did what? He declined the offer. Proof, obviously, that this is not about the money for Rodgers. Tell the real story. See, this was, see this, these are what false narratives of what happens out there. Everybody that's not an athlete that hasn't signed for millions of dollars don't understand what that means. You know, signing him to $2 million, right, I mean, to two more years, all that is is so they can prorate the money. Yeah, they give him more money, but that was more about signing Devontae Adams than it was about making a true commitment to Aaron Rodgers because all that does is that pushes the money down and it lets you divide the money you know, by more years. So that's what that's about. So that's the false narratives, and I'm sure that Green Bay is putting that out there because the average fan don't understand is all you do is when you put more money, it doesn't guarantee you more job security. All it does is guarantee you more money for this year, and it may, allows them to push the salary cap hit farther down the line so they can sign Devontae Adams. See, these guys think they slick, and these, these executives think they're slick. But it's not and they, about they, the money. But, they, but they're pushing that out. But what I'm saying is they're trying to make, it, make him the villain, right? So saying that he turned down that, but that wasn't about a commitment to him long term. Oh, it means that he's under contract for five more years. Those are fake years on the, on the end of contract right. deals, and it held you to prorate. But those are the false narratives because now this is becoming a – PR battle. And if I wasn't here today, the fans out there would be against A.A. Ryan right now and don't want him to host Jeopardy. But that is a fake narrative by an organization that's trying to leak stuff because I need to look at the, you need to look at the details, you know, inside of the contract. That doesn't get more money and in more years don't guarantee more job security. You can get out of any contract. Okay. I, see, I read that differently. Uh, clearly. I read, didn't read that about the money because I don't think I don't, it's never been about the money for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I don't think at all. I read that as tying him to Green Bay longer than what his contract was. So I read that more as like, we want to keep you here for the long term. We're committed to you, which is what it feel, feels like we've been preaching he's mad about because of the Jordan Love stuff. So, so, so this is the thing. If they really was trying to push that narrative like, hey, we, we want you to feel comfortable, you do what, you do what uh, Robert Kraft did. In New England, you ship them out the building because if you're saying I'm going to if you're saying that they're tied, if they're tied, listen to this. So you mean to tell me that they're saying that they're tied to Aaron Rodgers for five more years? If How he would have signed that. Right, right. If he would have signed it. So if, if, if he would have signed it, what were they going to do with Jordan Love? They're going to pay him 18 million dollars to never step on the football field. So that's a false narrative because you can't trade him and get it, proper compensation for it. So that just lets you know that they're playing games. Now you're playing games with my, with my intelligence as a businessman. So now I'm even more dug in because you're fronting. <laughs> you're trying to sell a false narrative to the fan base because we know nobody in their right mind is going to draft, draft somebody, give up draft equity, move up to get him, and then never see him play. You're killing me, Petey. I, I was born that I night. I'm sure. At least that's what my mama like said. Injury? But I wasn't born last night, Green Bay. In injury insurance? I don't know. How are you going to have injury insurance for a dude that can't play dead in I, the country I, oh, western? Stop yelling at me. It wasn't my idea. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> the coffee's kicking in. It's hitting harder. But I hate when people try and play me like I'm stupid. I'm just giving you the facts. Okay. Keyshawn J. will zoom in. This. Progress- I'm this. Is pres- presented, if I can speak, by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. He's Bart Scott. I'm Shay Cornette filling in for the guys this morning. And now it is time to go to the Olympics. Mm. All right. 
we going to make it. We going to make I love the subliminal messages and everything my DJ puts out there. We going to make it, baby. Are we going to make I, it? I, that is the question. Are we going to make it? Uh, Toshiro Muto, the head of the Tokyo Organizing Co- Committee for the Olympics, said Tuesday he would monitor COVID-19 infection numbers, which are rising, and hold discussions with organizers if necessary. The games, the uh, Olympic Games, open Friday without fans. And this is what he said. We cannot predict what will happen with the number of coronavirus cases, so we will continue discussions if there's a spike in cases. And then when he was asked if the Olympics might still be canceled, he said, we have agreed that based on the coronavirus situation, we will convene five party talks again. At this point, the coronavirus cases may still rise or fall. So we will think about what we should do when the situation arises. So that 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 is the latest now from Tokyo. So it sounds like they are not ruling out an 11th hour cancellation, which is what it would be at this point. Again, opening ceremonies are Friday and it is clearly Tuesday. Let's go to Fernando Palomo. He is our Olympics reporter. He is on the ground in Tokyo. Fernando, thanks so much for being with us. So obviously I just read what the sentiment is coming out of Tokyo and how they're not ruling out a last-minute cancellation of the Olympics. I mean, all, all I can ask you is, what is the latest? Well, it's great to join you from, from here, where it's, it's very apocalyptic the way uh, the president of the organizing committee has put it. The, the word here is not really about cancellation. It's just pretty much about getting through the games and making it happen, not without its faults. Of course, there are going to be positive COVID cases, as reality is around the world. But if you think about it, only 0.1% of the total games population as of today and since July 1st, since they started counting the games population have actually has actually tested positive and out of that half of the popula- half of the 71 cases as of today that's the latest number are directly involved with games operation the others are contractors or outside contractors and and japanese residents as well so it's a very small number although it's making a lot of news of course the the talk is is the bubble inside the Olympic Village going to burst? And if it does, then we can start talking about those scenarios that the president of the organizing committee is setting forth. But the mood in the village, I've spoken to athletes, is extremely positive. They want to make it happen because they want to see their, their dreams finally come true. Fernando, what's what's the consequences if they aren't able to play these games? Because we, if they cancel it again, then we're halfway to the 2024 Paris Olympics what does this mean for not only just Japan, uh, but also the, the, the financial um, losses from everybody involved? It, the, the financial losses are, are, will be immense for not only for the Japanese people, the Japanese government. They've already put in billions of dollars behind just trying to get the postponement of the games to, to just trying to get the games to be postponed for a year. If you think about it, 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 it took him about $2 billion to get the games postponed, get an old, the arrangements for for the, the rental of spaces they've already leased for the 2020 games to extend their contracts for a year. The Olympic Committee today, the president said that they've put forth almost $800 million to help the Japanese organizing committee in the effort of postponing the games. The, the impact of cancellation, I don't think, can be measured. And I don't see the event of the can- of cancellation actually actually happening. Thomas Bach, the president of the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, said today in the opening of their session that uh, he just 
pretty much claimed the Japanese people to remember the sentiment they had 10 years ago when they started bidding for this game and to recapture the essence of why they wanted the games to to happen and turn the page and, and believe that the games are a way to step out of the situation that every that the whole world is living and to see further ahead into a brighter future. That's what he wants the flame to become in these Olympic Games in Tokyo. So I don't see that that from the Olympic Committee or even the organizers, the, the scenario of cancellation is possible. Hmm. We're talking to Fernando Paloma right now. He's our Olympics reporter, and he is on the ground right now in Tokyo giving us the absolute latest after we got news this morning from the head organizer that perhaps they would float with the cancellation if need be, although Fernando saying that would be um, really, really some breaking news if that would happen. So I guess this is the problem, Fernando. Like We're hearing every day more and more either people going into protocol or perhaps testing positive. Positive. Like I know Coco Goff obviously didn't fly to Tokyo but tested positive. Team USA on the men's side has had three different players not be able to attend different exhibition games. And it goes on down the list. There were two players in Olympic Village, et cetera, et cetera. And so should they continue with the games, what would happen if there was some sort of outbreak in the Olympic Village? Like are there protocols in place for this kind of scenario? Every single sport in the ca- in in the program has their own protocols. I mean, you can play a soccer game if you had only a certain number of people uh, available to play the game. As long as you have a goalkeeper available and at least seven other players or outfield players, you can go out there and present yourself on onto that field and continue with the competition. You can make it into uh, the gold medal bout in wrestling and test positive, and you're place you will be replaced in the final and you would not lose the possibility of winning a medal because you'd be awarded a bronze medal in that situation you wouldn't be able to of course battle it out for for a gold medal but every one of the sports has their protocol in place so that the competition actually finishes in case of of an, a large outbreak within the um, this Olympic bubble again. It, it, this is a once in a lifetime situation. Of course, there's never been an Olympic Games held within the conditions of a, a pandemic as we are living uh, today. But again, every sport has all their scenarios planned out so that they can go on and finish the event. And to close it out, this I, I believe that the Japanese people are extremely more concerned about having actually visitors come in into the country than the excitement they feel about hosting the games that's that's in in general terms they're pretty much just looking forward not for the lightning of the torch but actually for when everybody just leaves the country yeah I'm, i'm assuming that it has to be a lot of fear about some variants coming in and and exposure to certain strands of covid that they didn't have in their country before but I, I wanted to kind of piggyback on on what you were saying. You know, who's more who's responsible for the contract t- tracing? Is it the committee or is it more the individual countries themselves? Because that's the big part of if so, if you do have an outbreak, being able to have some contract contact tracing. Well, once you come in, and and speaking from from my experience, which is what pretty much everybody that has something to do with the Olympics has to go through, you present yourself at the airport, you do so with two negative tests prior to your departure from whichever place you you come to Japan from. Then you come into the airport, you have to do another test, come negative uh, or have a present a negative test in, in that point, and then you have to make yourself available via 
a, a phone application that you download on your phone, and that way you can be traced by the organizers and the health authorities anywhere you go. So, so you can be uh, told that you have been in contact with a person that has been uh, known to have a positive result, and in that way you become available to the authorities and they quarantine you or, or isolate you, as the case has been with some of the with some of the athletes. So throughout the duration of the games, you are pretty much traced every step by the health authorities and the organizing committee. They know exactly what you do and they know exactly where you are. So in that case, they can control whichever outbreak might might uh, might occur, and that might involve you. In this case, us as journalists, and in the case of the athletes, well. Um, Whichever case that may be, they know exactly what to do after a positive test is known within the Olympic family. All right. Fernando Palomo, thank you so much for the insight. Really interesting stuff. We really yeah. appreciate it. I know you're on the ground there in Tokyo. I have no idea what time it is there. Like, what, what time is it there? It's actually 10.20 p.m., 10. and we're about 11 hours away from first pitch of the first event of the Olympics, women's softball tomorrow. And it would be interesting as the U.S. would also close out the first day of events with the with the U.S. women's uh, soccer team kicking things off against Sweden. Okay, well, we hope it goes off without a hitch and we, we get all these coronavirus numbers yeah. under control and, and things continue as planned. Thank you so much, Fernando. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. So as he mentioned, the Olympic Games do start today here in the U.S., well, tomorrow in Tokyo with softball, while the NBA Finals can mm. come to an end tonight in Milwaukee. Jeff Van Gundy previews Game 6 next right here on KJZ on ESPN Radio. When you focus on the past, that's your ego. And when I focus in the future, it's my pride. I kind of like try to focus in the, you know, in the moment, in the present. And that's humility. That's being humble. 15 seconds left to Giannis for the flush. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Do you ever dream <laughs> of candy coated? Come on, sing with me. I don't Come know on, the you words. ready? I what? Don't, I don't know the words. My candy you can't ask me to karaoke without me knowing the song. What? It just can't happen. I do like the beat, though, and I enjoy your singing very much. 
Have you ever loved someone so much? This is you Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive so much Insurance. Of yourself. Um, you, you have to stop now. Thank okay, you. That I'm would sorry. be Bart Scott. My name is Shay Cornette. Thanks for being with us this morning. We are going to the Goodyear Hotline. Jeff Van Gundy is there. He's our ESPN uh, NBA analyst, and he is on the call for Game Six of the NBA Finals. He, along with Mark Jackson, might bring in Malika Andrews. That is tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern on ABC. Good morning, Jeff. Thanks for being with us. Um, all right, the Suns look a little disjointed lately in the last two games and they're going to try and force a game seven tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks in Milwaukee they have yet to win a game in Milwaukee so can they do it tonight absolutely you know they were up nine going into the fourth in game four and um, looked like they were in control going up three one and you know Milwaukee terrific comeback they win a tough hard-fought game and then you know, Phoenix jumps out in the first quarter when Booker sits in the second. Uh, Milwaukee goes on a, a staggering run. And, you know, it was a hard-fought game down the stretch. Either team could have won. So certainly I think Phoenix, I think they'll play a good game today. I think uh, they're going to have to to win. And um, I think it's going to be a really, really good, good one. And I think Milwaukee... They have to guard against thinking too far down the road as if, you know, if we win tonight, we win it all. They've just got to focus in on, you know, play after play to start the first quarter. You know, Jeff, Coach, I'm sorry, I'll call you Coach, give you the proper respect. You can call me anything I sh- I you want. Said, no, I should have said Coach, I, coach, too. I, I, I got to give you a proper respect. You've, you've earned that right. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm looking at Chris Paul, and it just he looks like – People are asking, is he injured? What's going on? Well, we know he wasn't the healthiest going into these into this series. But it, to me, it just looks like an older player that can't keep up. Now, they have to, they've had two days off, and maybe you get the best version of Chris Paul tonight. But if Chris Paul can't give you the minutes, do they go to Cameron Payne to kind of push the pace? Because it seems like they're coming up and bringing the ball and stagnant and getting to their half court, plays into Milwaukee's hands. Well, I think – Chris Paul was really good in the fourth quarter uh, of game five. Um, He really made good plays. And I think people have to understand or don't maybe understand, Bart, just how good um, Milwaukee is defensively because we focus in on, uh, you know, offense as fans. But defensively, Milwaukee is – they're really big. They're long. Drew Holiday is switching between – you know, Paul some and Booker some. To me, that'll be interesting where uh, they start Drew Holiday tonight, but he is an elite-level defender. So I think part of it you have to give credit to the Bucks defense. And then I think Chris Paul in, in Game 5 uh, started slower than I expected, finished strong, um, didn't play a good Game 4 at all. But I think – Campaign is is really capable in the role he has. But as you know, you're not going into an elimination game thinking you're going to take your, you know, MVP candidate off the floor for a younger, less experienced player. Talking to Jeff Van Gundy right now, ESPN NBA analyst. He's on the call for Game 6 tonight of the NBA Finals with Mark Jackson, Mike Breen, Malika Andrews. That's at 9 p.m. Eastern on ABC. You're listening to KJZ, Bart Scott Shea, Cornette filling in. All right, Coach, um, 
look, it seems to be a lot of role players, you know, the guys that aren't necessarily the starting five that these teams have had to look towards. And it seems like the Bucks have kind of looked towards the other guys to come up big, and they have been beneficial in the last couple of games. What about the Suns? How do they get some guys not named Devin Booker or Chris Paul to kind of get involved and help them maybe push them over the threshold? Well, I think Aiton's going to have to continue to be uh, really good, Shay. And then uh, Jay Crowder has provided, you know, steady defense and three-point shooting. I think Mikhail Bridges um, is going to have to play really well. I thought he was excellent defensively against Middleton to start the game. Uh, He may may have to play uh, elongated minutes. Cam Johnson has played well um, for the most part, didn't have a really good game five. And so I would expect those two forwards to get opportunities again tonight. Uh, They're going to have to be really good at both ends of the floor, and they've shown that they can be. Now it looks like Drew Holiday being on on Chris Paul and picking him up at 80 feet is like really – like bothering him and really forcing him to expend too much energy. How do they get the ball out of his hands and maybe get Drew Holiday off of him? Is, is it as simple as utilizing the pick and roll? Well, that's part of it, certainly. Um, and you saw a little bit what they tried to do against the pressure in the last game, setting uh, a screen on the ball higher up on the floor, sometimes even in the backcourt, to try to knock Holiday off of his ball pressure. Holiday, like I said, is uh, you just really it's hard from tv to understand how big and how strong uh he is uh comparatively to most other guards and so he does have a wearing effect on you he's got great anticipation i like the backcourt pick i also like and mark uh made this point a couple times in the last game bart is that sometimes you have to scrap the play if you're getting backcourt pressure Sometimes you just have to go by the guy uh, immediately, scrap the play, and make a play uh, at the rim. Chris Paul did that a couple times. I'd like to see him do it even more. All right, we will see what happens tonight. It's game six between the Bucks and the Suns. Jeff Van Gundy is on the call. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, Coach. We appreciate the insight. Anytime. Take care, guys. See you later. Again, he's on the call for Game 6 NBA Finals. It's Mark Mark Jackson, Mike Breen, Malika Andrews, and, of course, Jeff Van Gundy. And the NBA Finals are on ABC and ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight for Game 6 as the Bucs host the Suns, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. And so it could all end tonight, the NBA Finals. Or you could be like me, and I'm hoping for a Game 7 because I picked Bucs in 7, actually. (laughs) And so I'm hoping it goes to 7 games. I don't want it to end yet. This is this. Uh, yeah, final series has been so good. Because then what do we have to look forward to as sports fans? Nothing. You know what we have to look forward to? A lot of home runs in baseball. <laughs> we'll mention that next, and we'll also play a game of call a roulette after Ooh. this from Bart. Does the thought of selling your motorcycle, ATV, or vehicles already make you exhausted? Then there's no need to keep putting it off because RumbleOn.com makes it easy to sell. You'll have a cash offer in minutes and a free pickup Harley, Polaris, Can-Am, Yamaha, trade in or sell, Rumble On will pay you cash no matter what the make or model is. See what Rumble On can do by visiting rumbleon.com. Fast bikes, faster cash. 
It's time for Call a Roulette. You know the rules. Don't ask us how we are. We're good. I don't want to hear any of that. Get in, say your name, and make your point, and ask the question. 888-729-3776. 888-SAY-ESPN. And don't mess it up. Don't mess it up. Especially you, Line 5. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Okay, we are going to play a little game of Call a Roulette, but we got a few things to get to first. A little housekeeping, if you will, Bart. Okay, this is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. My name's Shay Cornette. He is Bart Scott, filling in for the dudes this morning. Shake and bake! Shake and bake! That's what we're calling ourselves. Um, first of all, quick note on tonight's finals. Okay. Bucks suns Game 6 in Milwaukee. Tonight, Scott Foster will ref Game 6. <laughs> if you don't know about the ref named Scott Foster, let me tell you, Chris Paul has lost... 12 straight games that Foster has refed, including game three of this series in Milwaukee. Yeah, I like to place a bet. <laughs> bet it all on the Bucks. Sorry. Just wanted to point that out to everyone. I'm sorry to, to tell you this, Suns fan. Doesn't mean we can't Let overcome it. Let it ride! Doesn't mean we can't overcome it, okay? Well, it doesn't mean that. I'm just pointing out some, mm. some facts. Also, last night in the world of Major League Baseball, we cannot go an entire four hours Ooh, without talking about yes. this. If you like... Home runs. If you like the long ball, you were having a night last night. Let me tell you. Let me just give you a few scores, okay? People, listen up. Listen to this. The Nationals beat the Marlins last night 18 to 1. Hmm. 18 to 1. <laughs> the Boston Red Sox beat the Blue Jays last night 13 to 4. The Mets beat the Reds in a very exciting game. Crazy. 15 to 11. How many? How many? That pitchers, one was 11. Many, that was 11 innings, used, by 11, the way. 11 pitchers used or something crazy. It was 11 innings. I don't know how many pitchers. Okay, uh, a lot. I don't know how many pitchers were used. I don't know. I mean, the no. Tigers, the Detroit Tigers beat the Rangers last night 14 to nothing. <laughs> I think that's all I got in terms of high scoring games. I think that's enough, though, for hey, all of us. Nonetheless, a lot of home runs being scored. Shay Shay, that's what happens when you don't have the sticky stuff, the spider tacky 3000. It's starting to show, and this is exactly what baseball wanted. And I, and I wouldn't be surprised if baseball, who owns what Rawlings, right, mm-hmm. kind of put the don't, last year's – They put the last year baseballs out there, say we need some excitement. 
Well, you got it. And you got if it Brett, last night if, on a Monday night. If Brett Gardner started hitting home runs, I know something's happening. Something, <laughs> something went wrong. Something's up. If Die Hard, a.k.a. baby Bruce Willis, started hitting home runs at, <laughs> what, he's like 80 years old? After playing all ball pace to pay 100 when he's supposed to be the, uh, the reserve, start hitting home runs, and you know something's wrong. It's so funny because, um, you know, I, I came from Chicago. Now I live on the East Coast. And so it's a, two big baseball towns, right? Yeah. Um, two, two places now that have two baseball teams. And, and I feel like all the old school, you know, true baseball heads yeah. are like, we want to see, you know, small ball. We want to see right. them run the bases. And then, like, mm. you and me are over here like, give me the home runs. Exactly. And last night was a party. I want somebody to come up. My name's Bart, and I hit dingers. Yeah. That's what I want to <laughs> hear. That's what I want to see. It was a party last night. All right, we're going to play a little game of caller roulette. Let's spin the wheel. Uh, Line two. Are you there, line two? You're killing me, Petey. You're setting the tone. I don't don't know if I'm line two or not. I wasn't told. Okay. Well, it's you. I hear you, so go ahead. All right. Well, I'm here. My name is CJ, and my question is simply this. Are we really going to go through the whole analysis of this NBA final without acknowledging that if Brooklyn was healthy, that Milwaukee would be searching for a new coach and would not be here right now, and that Phoenix might not be either with Denver and other teams like that being healthy, okay. although I give them more of a chance of having been here than right. Milwaukee. Okay. That's DJ. my question. May, may I? Yeah, DJ, yeah, right? DJ yeah, go ahead. DJ, we're not gonna play a game of what ifs. Yeah, if, what are we if doing? What, if, if if was a fifth, we'll all be drunk, DJ. And listen, if this ifs what happens. Were spliffs, we'd all be high. <laughs> right. I mean, you know what we, I mean? Right. We can go, we can go back and we can talk about all the good fortune. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, right? Can we talk about Draymond Green and and, and the crotch kick? Can we talk about maybe Stoudemire punching his hand out? Can we talk about the clearing of the benches between them? Uh, you can always find an excuse of why somebody is are where they are, and sometimes luck is involved in in, in, in your in your path. So this has this is nothing new, right? If, if KD didn't blow his Achilles out, do, does Kawhi have his second ring? All right, all right. I don't want to play this game. Okay. We could do this with any sport, any I like your spliff, though. I'm going to go ahead. Yeah, and, you I'm can a, use that. Yeah, I'm going to steal that. that one. We're in a tremendous final series, and it could come down to tonight. And let's just enjoy what we're seeing. Please, yes. can we live in the moment? Spin the wheel. Line one. Corey from New York. I just want to say put up and shut up to the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. I just want to get this done and over with. I think they should just put them on the trade block, get it done, put them up for auction. Whoever has the biggest bid, like the Broncos with Bridgewater and picks or Washington football team or the Giants, you name it. Whoever has the biggest package, get it and get it done. This is hilarious. You know where yeah. he called from? New York, not Green Bay. <laughs> right, exactly. Of course. <laughs> of course he's like, oh, yeah, shit, I'm out of town. What do we care? Nah, well, I don't the, think no, they're no, feeling no. the same way yeah. in Green Bay. Yeah, when this was Eli, he was like, no, hold on to him for another year. We love Eli. Please don't let him go. He won a Super Bowl for us. What do you think, Aaron Rodgers? I mean, Aaron Rodgers just won the MVP he's last year. He's loved the same way. Yeah, he's been loved the same way. He was yeah, playing at a high right? level. Like, come on, man. You're killing me, Petey. You got to be better than that New York. Yeah, no. You ain't shipping Aaron Rodgers. You ain't shipping the reigning MVP. But- your best chance to win a Super Bowl out of yeah, town. You no, you're not. Well, yeah, because you might as well say goodbye to Devontae Adams because he's like, I ain't standing around for this. So now you're in full-fledged rebuild mode. No, that's not happening. Good for your Chicago Bears. So, so, yeah, it'd be good for the Bears because they, they would really have a chance now at the crown of the NFC North. But, no, that's not happening. Spin the wheel. Line three, what's up? Yeah, yeah Dion from Tacoma, just south of Seattle. 
I'm a Niners fan, though, and I want to know y'all take who's going to have a better season, the Seahawks or the Niners. Oh, Seahawks or Niners. I mean, that is a loaded division there in that that's, NFC that's tough. West. That's tough. It's a tough one. And you, you got Nick Bosa coming back and, 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 and maybe D4 thinking that both of those are going to be healthy. Like, this was a team that showed a lot of grit after they had more injuries than anybody to keep people. And they still were 7-9, and nine, I believe, and they were still tough to handle. Uh, you think that they regroup and they get it together. I think, um, you know, it's tough, man, but I still have them second behind the Rams because the Rams are Who the Who do you have, the Niners second or the Haw- uh, Seahawks? I got – no, no, no. I have – actually, you know, I have the, I have the uh, San Francisco second. I have okay. Arizona and Third. Seattle fight oh, so for, Seattle. The, for the basement. Oh. Yeah, Russell's going to be gone next year. Sierra can't be singing in the meat, the meat mark. You know, she needs a big market, man. I think it's market, a fish man. market. <laughs> yeah, meat mark, meat fish market. market. I think it's a fish Sierra market. need a bigger venue, man. She, you know, happy wife, happy life. You know, Russ going to get her up out of there, put her in the big stage. Okay. First of all, the fish market would be in Seattle. Um, and, and the fact that you have the Seahawks, which are perennially, I know, like, what are you talking about? The meat market, meat packing, <laughs> New York? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, Seattle playing for the basement. I mean, someone's got to lose this division, yeah. right? And last year, unfortunately, it was the 49ers because they were decimated by injuries. Look at and Arizona, now- what Arizona has done is undeniable. You think about A.J. Green paired with Hopkins. We don't know if Fitzgerald is coming like- back. J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones. That's going to be a problem. It is. I- I- and Zach Collins is the best going to win rookie of the year defensively. The Arizona Cardinals, though, remind me of the Browns, like they, especially in the beginning, like when they have all this talent and they're kind of flashy mm-hmm. and they're always like talking and like you see Cliff Kingsbury and like his big pad and like, yeah. and then it's like, can we, let's win, let's win some things here to get this flashy train and move but, but, it. But one time at band camp, the Arizona has their little periods. Remember, this is a team that's been to the Super Bowl in their history. So it's time for them to, to be better. And I think that pushes Seattle to the basement. I think that might be the first movie quote I actually picked up on. <laughs> you got it? <laughs> in like two days and eight hours, I think that's the first one. Spin the wheel. One more. <laughs> Line four for the finale. What's going on? It's Groovy from Chicago. Uh, I want to know how Tim Anderson's season is getting swept under the rug. Uh, I didn't hear the end of your question, but it was something about Timmy Anderson who plays for the Chicago White Sox, and I appreciate a call from Chicago because I can speak to this. Yeah, please, um, please, I don't, please. I don't know exactly what his question was because I couldn't hear. What was the end of his how, question? How's his season being swept under the rug? Why aren't we paying more attention? We're first talking all, about a tiny. We're talking about the ground. What about Tim Anderson? Okay, first of all, Tim Anderson, I don't think has been swept under the rug nationally, but but I just feel like the White Sox aren't playing at the per, you know they're playing really good baseball right now, but there's more love to go around. Yeah. Like in the last few years, it's been the Tim Anderson show on the South yeah. Side, and now there's a little more love to go around, a few more bats coming alive for the Southsiders. And so I feel like, unfortunate for Timmy Anderson, his season consistently gets swept under the rug, and they just don't talk about him enough. He's not a flashy kind of player. He does do a bat flip from time to time, but that's really it. He's not super outspoken, and so it's just unfortunate. Quickly, Bart. Are the White Sox just the second team, like no matter what they do, it's still a Cubs town? Well, well. Sometimes. Depends. Okay. Don't go there. You can't do that to me. Chris I'm Bryant. To close the show. Come on down, Chris Bryant. Come on over. Come on. It's safe over here with the Mets. <laughs> oh, holy. Come on, man. We're going to end it like that. All right, it's been really fun. Bart Scott, Shay Cornette. We'll be back tomorrow. This has been Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. Have a good day, everyone. Shake and bake. See you next time. Do it one more time. Shake and bake. <laughs> Enjoy Say it with your chest. Tonight. Shake and <laughs>